Yo, yo, it's your boy Jody Diamond, G2 Podcast. I got a special guest on today. It's my high school homie. It's my brother from another mother. It's my main man, my man Big Al. What's going on, Al? What's going on with you, big homie? Ain't nothing, man. Slow motion, brother. Slow motion. Everything good with you? Yeah, you know, it's going good. Everything's good with me. That's what's up, man. That's yeah. what's up. So I'm going to bring you on just to talk about uh, as you being a bar owner, club owner for um, for quite a while in, in Philly, um, your experience um, with the, the nightlife industry, uh, such as myself. What was the name of your bar? It was called the Caddy Bar. It was in North Philly, 25th New York. North Philly? Okay. And what was the name of that bar again? Caddy. Caddy Bar? Okay. It was a real small neighborhood drink. It was nothing big at all. Gotcha. It was a real small something. That's all. All right. How long did you uh, own and operate that joint? Um, well, it's been in the family since 83. Damn. Okay. 83, and I took it over in about 93, 94. Okay, all right. That's what's up. Yeah. 93. 94 up to 2009. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a little run there, you know. Seen a whole lot of things. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy because that's, that's around the time. 93 is the time me and Black got into the, into the bars and the clubs. 95 is when I started doing security. Like, I was bar back in the 93, working at mm-hmm. liquor stores and shit like that down Lake City. Right. And, 95 that's when i got into the, the bouncing part of it so that's crazy like we got into it like right around the same time Outside of what they deemed as good business in that corridor, 
of um Caster, uh yeah, Philadelphia. Especially around Caster. Right. So they wasn't playing. So what they wanted you to do is they wanted you to either fit the, the particular mode of what was already deemed regulated use, which is right. barbershops, hair salon, nail salons, like all that black ethnic shit. Yeah. But anything outside of that, they didn't really want to want you bringing it in. And um, I tried to fight it, and they was like, "No, nah, it's not gonna happen." No, no, especially especially commercial property in the northeast. It's hard for a black person to get that up there. Yeah, like yeah. But I will say, Matt, um, Big Al, that it was a learning process for me, and um, I learned a lot business wise as far as like uh, triple net lease. Uh, regulated use for for business, um, like you said, knowing the demographics of what area I'm going into, what's um, what's allowed, what's not allowed, who's on the councils uh, that speak for the people of that district. Uh, it's just it's real political, and you got to know how to navigate those waters to make sure that before you invest some money and some energy into some shit, that you're going to be able to get the byproduct out of that. But I learned it. I learned it. I definitely learned it. <laughs> so shit. What's some of the craziest shit that went down in, in, in your bar? Um, you know, basic stuff, you know, basic hood stuff, a couple of fights, arguments, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it never really got that crazy for the fact everybody knew everybody in there. If you was right. a person coming in there and you didn't know nobody, everybody would look at you from there. Why are you do why are you here? We don't know. So so let me ask you a question in reference to that. That's a good point. Now, I say this all the time, just being in the nightlife for, for almost 30 years, that it depends on how you carry yourself and how you engage and interact with people. Like a lot of shit gets, can get um, deaded real fast if you just know how to talk to people and you know how to interact. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. You know, cooler heads always prevail. That's why I'm. You can't be the hothead and be the boss. Yeah, but you know, it's it's some people. I've worked with a lot of bar managers, a lot of GMs, a lot of club owners. Like they feel like being an asshole is the way to go, and I'm like, you making more trouble. Yeah, for everybody are, else. Those are the ones that don't know nobody. They're just in it for just for the fame. Business. But if you're about that dollar, you calm everything down. Facts. Yeah. That's facts. Yeah, but uh, like I said, my, my place was a small neighborhood bar, and at the time in 2009, mm-hmm. uh, they would just start the thing to where they want you to have guards on the door. Right. I didn't need no guard. <laughs> I didn't need no guard. But yeah, because you were small. What was your what was your um occupancy like? About what you can hold maybe uh, 75 people. Less than that, maybe 50. 50. 50 okay, yeah. It was like no bigger than a corner store. You know what I'm saying? That's facts. But but in, in defense of that, I know they pushed the bouncer initiative and the certification to be a state um, state certified bouncer. I think that started in 2010. 
It got reinforced and ratified in 2012. Hmm. And they really pushed it on us, meaning you had to have this shit um, because you can be liable, meaning the clubs and then now particular individuals who's working security. So that was right around the time that that shit got serious. Yeah, because it was, my bar license, a lot of people don't know this, they have a bar license for Saturday, you know, for Sunday, it's a different license. Mm. Well, Saturdays was like um, restaurants, which in the hood, the Chinese store. Right. They had a special license to be open for Sunday. That's called a food and breakfast license. Mm-hmm. A lot of bars that be open, they got to have that license. Facts. That license, so I was open seven days a week regardless. Mm-hmm. Something to where you go against the Chinese stores and all that on the weekend, you go against their money too. Like I said, up the street was a store, well, a neighborhood store which sold alcohol. So I was in a competition with them. No, and okay. One thing that got me over was I was pouring liquor. I can't compete with those um, Asian Americans because they got a big warehouse together way by all the beer from. They can get a beer from damn near nothing. Now say that again, Matt, um, Big Al. Say that one more time. That I want people to really pay attention to this. these connections. Yeah, the Asians, all the Asians, when you go into any corner store, Asian, Chinese store, whatever, Vietnamese, whatever, case may be, they all had this one big where they go buy their beer and they get it damn near for nothing. Right. We had to go to their distributor and get the beer from there, which they overcharged. Exactly. Now, see, this is something this is something that Al that I try and tell brothers when I'm talking about black economics, that when you're not when you're not part of a group, economically speaking, and we don't have that access, then People be like, why you charge so much for what you do, Jody? I'm like, listen, I have costs on the wholesale side that I got to pay. Right. If, if I don't have a connection to whereas I can get it at a good wholesale price, right? then right. I have to charge this to try and make a profit or to break even. Like, I'm not trying to break even, so I got to try and make a little bit of profit. Right, right. But it's right. rough with the Asian shit because, and like I said, I'm not knocking Asians. It's just they had their shit so tight and they never had no problem. Like, you'll never hear about no problems in the Asian community as far as them having Asian on Asian crime. Of course, we know that goes down, but you don't hear about it and wow. you don't see it. Why is that? Because they have a deal with the with city governments and state governments that they regulate their own shit. Long as that money keep going through, yeah, the, yeah, the, the state going to let them do what they got to do. They get a bigger tax break as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of brothers don't, and sisters don't understand that and they not they don't see it. But I see it in the nightlife like all the time. All the time. Yeah, of course. The Asians get the biggest tax break ever when it comes working in the city. Why do you think they go to the inner city and open up anything they want? They Facts. Tax break. Facts. And that's not just Asians. That's any that's any government any country that we've gone in, meaning America that we've gone in, that we've overthrown, that we've won in war. They come over here and they get a ten to fifteen year head start with taxes, business grants, uh, minority business low interest loans, all that type of shit. And then you wonder why we can't catch up, or they come in our hoods and yeah. supersede us within ten years. Yeah, well, less than that. Team. Yeah. Well, they give them the grant. And the tax break at the same time. Facts. So they will come in there, restore the building, and sell whatever they want. 
at any price. And you're going to go in there and buy it because nobody else is going to come inside that neighborhood to buy the product or the cell phone. Yeah. I've, I've seen brothers and sisters argue with Asians in the corner stores in North Philly, holler at them, cuss them out, talk shit, them, spill on the glasses. Listen, them Asians don't give a damn. As long as you in front of that glass and not behind that glass, they'll let you tear that whole shit up. They let you sell drugs. They let you shoot other niggas inside the joint because they want their money. But the niggas are arguing, complaining, but go right back the next day and keep giving them their same money. Yep, same thing all the time. Them Asians don't care. That's why. No. Nah. If you ever notice the Asian stores in the hood, they most likely live on top of the of the business, and they never come out. You ever notice that? Yes, sir. Or have you noticed that once they leave, like when they locking up, what kind of car they jumping in? Lexus, some kind of luxury vehicle. Well, that's probably that's probably some those now, those Asians that you that you're talking about. The ones that's probably coming down in color money. The ones that's actually working in the oh, the regular jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so, talking about the owners. I'm talking about the owners. I see the owners driving Lexuses, Lex Jeeps, Lex cars. And they, and they in and out like maybe five, ten minutes. They in and out. But yeah, they quit. A lot of agents look like they don't deal with banks. They do with each other. They don't no. deal with banks. That I heard. I heard that. I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want trust banks at all. No, I mean, unless it's maybe their own type of bank. But like you said, yeah, even with that, they don't, they're not very trusting of banks, right? No, no, That's crazy, man. But that's a whole other topic we got to talk about. Let's talk about um, when you, what, what do you feel like toward the end of your run with your bar? How do you feel like they handled you, meaning the state and the city, um, with you trying to operate your, your business as a black man? Well, personally, they handled the situation wrong, like I said. The way they end up running, run, they lied. Somebody in the lied and said, I was running an organized crime place, which I wasn't. It was like a gangster, it was a big nightclub. <clears throat> so they get a whole lot of mis- misleading information and they don't check it out before they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, if, other than that, the scene. The city didn't really know what they were doing when it came to them down. Because at the time, we had um, Mayor Michael Nutter. Nutty ass Nutter. Yeah. What that was was when a lot of people remember that 09. Mm-hmm. They closed down a whole lot of bars for the liquor license. And most yes, of the bars were black owned, not white. All of them were black owned. Yes, sir. So they got a whole lot of liquor license and to end. Selling again. That's what the whole hustle was. Because mm-hmm. when we first got a liquor license, liquor license was like um, thirty-five thousand. Thirty thousand. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's worth now. It's worth like two hundred thousand dollars now. Yes, sir. Because the state don't issue no more. That's yep. the hustle was with Michael Nutter was involved in. Yeah. Hmm. So he took all the license from people he knew. They couldn't afford to fight the law with lawyers and all that stuff. I'm small, small business owner. I remember that, Mac, because um, right around that time with Nutter, um, I think I had been, me and my brother had been looking into trying to grab um, a property and then just get a liquor license to put on the property. They said, yeah, we're not making no more. 
Like they don't make no more. You got to get one possibly off an existing building or go try and buy one. You like, God damn. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That's crazy. That's that's that was yeah, man. Yeah, man. They tried setting up some um. Come on, when they came down and they finally shut me down, they didn't even know who I was. Hmm. That's crazy. They did not know who I was. Yeah. So. That's crazy. Like, the, city, the city misleads uh, uh, at that time. I don't know about now, but the city at that time, they mishandled the information that they got. Uh, I would say to this point right now, um, it's just you have to do your due diligence. Like, you have to do your due diligence, do your research. Um, I speak to my colleagues all the time, and that's what I want people to take from this and listen. I'm always promoting brothers and sisters trying to work together, and we're all talking about building a Black Wall Street. They did the same shit to Tulsa, Greenwood, Rosewood. They did it to all these cities. You can't just make it about economics because they will come in, they'll, re they'll rewrite the laws, rewrite the bycodes, the bylaws, and they'll shift it to where you can't operate and you can't make money. Like you can keep right. thinking, I can, I can build up enough capital to be on the same page with these cats. They, they have a history of showing you that that's not the way it's going to be. You're either going to be underfoot, rocking out with us, or we're gonna we're gonna damage your legacy. Like now, if you can't see that in 2021 with just looking at the history, because some people don't want to look at history, then you you're deluding yourself. We have to come together, pull our dollars, and spend our dollars uh, within each other's, and that's how we win. That's how we we solidify a little bit of this shit. But um, big Al, I appreciate you, man. Uh, we definitely don't have enough time to get into it deeply um, as we should. But um, we got some things coming up. Me and Big Al, we're gonna do some stuff. We um we're gonna put a couple things together for you guys coming in the near future. So just hang in there. If you love the show, check us out on our IG page. That's your man215. Uh Al, you wanna give up your handle for the people listening if they want to get in contact with you? I'm gonna keep everything to you, big bro. That's what's up. That's what's up. Holler at me. I'm your man Jody Diamond. This was my man Big Al. We're talking about black business here on G2 Podcast. We appreciate y'all. Keep sending us some comments. One love.